is a red. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over To the back pocket, and it's a red for Pozuelo, who sends off in the game's 29th minute. Oh, Suelo's boots might have just stomped all over our hopes of a home playoff game, Chris. <laughs> that's that, really good. That that, was that, that's, that's basically what happened. His boots might have just cost us our home playoff game. But not all hope is lost. We still have a chance at the playoffs, and we're going to get into that. The Red Bulls game, the Columbus game, playoffs, all that other good stuff. So we're going to get into all that in the episode. But before I do, let me introduce my man, Chris. How you doing, sir? What's up, Danny? What up? What up? Yeah, man, uh, a little disappointed because I, I, before the game, I was really confident that we were going to win that game. Even the first 30 minutes, like I, I just thought that that game was going to be had the way the Red Bulls had been playing, the way we had been playing. It just felt like it felt like I, I was I was ready to start talking shit on Twitter, honestly. To everybody that yeah. kept telling me that like fourth place is stupid to even talk about. I was ready. Like I had my I had everything ready. I was ready to go at people. Once we beat the Red Bulls and fourth place became like a real possibility and I had to just swallow it, you know, because there's nothing I can do about it now. And, you know, I'm about it, Bobby. So, I mean, I'm with <laughs> you. I'm with you on that. But you know what? Um, it's funny because the same boots that might get us in the playoffs are the boots that will probably not get us in the playoffs, which is bittersweet. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, I'm look, look, I'm, we got a good series of games coming up. You know, a lot of big, crucial games this week, Um, you know, but before getting into those items, I think the one thing that we have to start covering for sure is is last week's game, Uh, you know, and that was just a rough pill to swallow for sure. Well, I think, I mean, before we get into the game, I wanted to get into the starting 11 because because when when the 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 rosters or the, the starting 11 came out. You know, we don't really look at the formations anymore because we know that they just lie on social media. I don't know why they do. <laughs> so we just look at the players. And when I, saw that La- yeah. when I saw that Lasseter and Vasilev were starting over Robert Taylor and Bryce Duke, it really didn't make much sense to me. I felt like Bryce Duke and and Robert Taylor, like I feel like they've earned their first. First of all, they've earned their minutes. Yeah. And second of all, they, they're like if you ask me who the best players on the team are, I'd say the top five or six. You. Almost everybody's going to name Robert Taylor and Bryce Duke. Well, Vasilev isn't landing in those top five or six. Maybe Lasseter, maybe, but for sure Vasilev isn't. I'm not sure why he started over Bryce Duke and Robert Taylor. I mean, the only thing I can think of is bringing in Robert Taylor, you know, in for sort of like a jolt in the game. But Vasilev has been doing that same thing off the bench. I think that Robert, I think out of both of those players, I think Taylor definitely deserves a start. I think, you know, now that we got Pozuelo, it's easy to say, hey, let's not start Bryce Duke. Um, but I don't know. But Bryce Duke is so good that since Pozuelo's been in there, Neville's been putting him in at a wing, and Bryce Duke doesn't play the wing. Yeah. You know, he's, he, he controls the midfield, but Neville's like, I, I got to get my best players on the field. So he finds places to put them. So I, I I kind of understand if he doesn't want to put him out on the wing to 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 start Lasseter or, or Vasilev. But, man, Robert Taylor should always be on the field. Well, I feel like maybe one of the issues here is that, um, and I've always noticed this, that Bryce Duke, when he starts, 
he starts and has a pretty good game usually when he starts. When he comes off the bench, it's it's very wishy-washy with him. Not to say that he's a bad player because of it, but I think that he's one of those players that needs to sort of warm up into the game itself. Uh, it was questionable, the, the, the starting 11 for sure. Uh, I mean, I don't know as far as like the setup is concerned, but the starting 11 itself, yeah, was really, really questionable. I wouldn't have gone with that for sure. Well, but I, I mean, that's what I was thinking to myself. But once the game started, like the what I, I felt like Inter Miami was dominating that game. I felt like we had an abundance of chances and it felt like the Red Bulls came out and we were talking about it last episode. We had no idea as to why they were so low as far as passing statistics because they just it seemed like they don't pass. And I, I understand now. All they do is just press. They, they just rush. press, yep. press, press, wait to get the turnover, and they don't pass it back. They're just going, all right, we got the turnover, let's go score. And it's wild, like the energy and the stamina that these guys have. But the first 30 minutes, it wasn't working out for them because we were beating the press and we were getting chances left and right. I mean, we have on YouTube right now some of the highlights playing. Look at this miss by Lasseter. This is the Ugh. second time Lasseter that was rough, has, has a straight open square goal. in the chest or just and, and right to the defender. And this time the goalie, it's like, come on, man. Like that was, we should have had a 2-0 lead at this point. Yeah. I mean, look, when it came to that play specifically, when I saw it, that really hurt me because that brought me back to the conversation that we had where we were talking about if there's any other place you would have asked him to hit it at, he probably would have nine out of ten times not hit in that spot. And then this beautiful goal by by Higuain uh, off the free kick. I mean, that, that just shows the quality and the way that he plays. One of the statistics that I was looking at in the game was the amount of shots taken. And there were 20 shots taken by the Red Bulls uh, over the 11 shots that were taken uh, by Miami. But but I would say, I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked at the stats. But I would say if there were 20 shots by the Red Bulls, like 19 or 18 of those had to have been after Pozuelo left the game. Because it felt like once Pozuelo left that game, it was just a massacre. Yeah, and I, I think that you're right. I think that you're on to something for sure, especially what he was taking out. I think it was like the... 27th minute something around that time 20, I, I'm 29th just, I think it was 29th minute yeah I'm gonna take a look at it real quick it was the 29th minute uh got the red card which is just rough I was looking through all the rule book because at some point during the broadcast they had mentioned oh because he had his foot high and it was a high studs place up yeah studs up that's dangerous I I mean it is but you know you can one of the things that that Really, and we'll we'll get into the Pozuelo play, but like you mentioned, I think that one of the issues at hand that it ended up happening was is that we have a lot of the shots probably were taken in the second half for sure. And Pozuelo, like the, when they initially gave him that yellow, I honestly thought that we might get away with it being like not intentional because it wasn't intentional. I've heard yeah. some people say that maybe he like pushed through with his leg. I didn't think so. He saw the ball over his head. He went for it just off of instinct. He judged um, it. Yeah, he just... Yeah, he, just off of instinct. I, I, 
And I was okay. I mean, obviously, I'm okay with it because he's on into Miami. But <laughs> of course, when it was a yellow card, I was like, you know, we, we got away with it. It was a stupid play, but it was it wasn't intentional. It was no malice behind it. So I thought that we might, you know, scave away with the yellow. When they went to VAR, I was like, oh man, this really sucks. I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you two perspectives here. Uh, one as a homer's perspective, and mm-hmm. and knowing a little bit about Pozuelo and seeing that he's a pretty humble guy. He doesn't really stir up problems. He doesn't beef on the field. He doesn't beef with his teammates. When I see him doing that play as a person, of course, as a fan of Inner Miami, I look at that play and I think to myself, there was no harm in that in that in that play at all. It was just a mistake. Um, but even if even looking at it from the outside, not as a supporter of the team, I still would look at that play, not knowing anything, just from the outside. I look at that play and I think to myself, this was a, a, a truly an innocent play. He literally was following the ball from one side to the other. And you can legitimately tell that at the last second, he sees the impact. He even approached the defender and he's like, hey, man, everything OK, whatever the case is. And for the ref to not take that into consideration. I mean, but the letter of the law, but the letter of the law is if you studs up that high above, I think it's like your, your calf or your shin. If you throw your leg up that high and you make contact with somebody, I mean, it, it's red. I mean, he he hit him square in the heart. Like it was like, like it, it was yeah. it was rough. It was I rough. Mean, like the 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 one thing that I could tell you where I could see that this is something that is in the rule book or whatever a known rule is when I was watching the the press conference with with Phil Neville. He really, in the beginning of the press conference, he didn't throw too much shade towards the ref. He just looked at it and said, hey, look, I get it. I get why they called it. You know, do I agree with it? I mean, you know, the call's the call. You could tell that he really was walking on eggshells, but at the same time, he kind of recognized, like, there's really nothing that I can complain about. And this ref was throwing cards all over the place. This guy was Gambit from Marvel. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, he was just. That should have been the meme that I mean, I should have made that meme. Gambit. Yes, that, that would have been perfect. Yes, but, but I mean, yeah, he, he no. was all over the place with that. Mota had had a a really soft yellow. Then this kid Duncan that got ejected eventually for that got yeah. the red for into Miami. The first yellow he got, yeah, I, I don't even think he made like he had to have made contact somewhat with Mota because Mota's shoe came off. But yeah. man, for that to be a yellow, that was wild. I was like, this game is. He's gonna get out of hand, and I don't mean in like like an aggressive way. I feel like this guy is really making his presence felt because he was calling everything at one point. He was, and I saw that play, and I thought to myself, he stopped the play. And usually they call yellow cards for people that are like stopping the play, at like in an offensive in an offensive manner, not offense in the state of offense. But I'm saying mm-hmm. like he stopped the play and he fouled him, and he just like took his shoe off or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, could have been not, could it have not have, could it have not been called? I get it, but I mean, he he was just all over the place with the cards. It's like you said, you know, when it comes to refs, sometimes the the scary thing is the ref wants to play a bigger part in it, and I don't I don't agree with that. Well, I like when a game goes by and the ref is barely noticeable. This time he was definitely yes. noticeable. Yes. Um, but I mean, there's nothing we could do about that. It is what it is, and. We went on, and then at that point, we were still winning 1-0. And all I was thinking is, I'm going to be really happy if we manage to get out of here with a draw. That's honestly what I was thinking at that point. Because the way that these guys were pressing, because they were pressing for the first 30 minutes, but we were still dominating because we were beating that press. But Mm -hmm. when you start pressing 
a 10-man team when you have 11 defenders yes it's 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 completely different and it showed because they were on our ass and it it was it was frustrating to watch because we couldn't get out of our own end well and and it was doubly flush, frustrating because once Pozuelo ended up getting the red card um I mean, right then and there, you already know that there's a disadvantage towards us immediately. And mm-hmm. for us to be able to come out of that, to try to set some sort of, I guess, flow offensively, it's brutal. Brutal. Always back and, on, on our heels. And it felt like – I thought we were going to get to half with the 1-0 lead. And then Damian Lowe fell completely asleep when marking uh, Lewis Morgan going across. He caught a beautiful yeah. – I think it was a back heel pass. And honestly, on that first goal, I thought Drake Callender maybe should have blocked it. I mean, obviously, I can't say too much about a professional goalie and what he can and yes. can't stop. But it just felt like that's a, a, a ball that maybe Drake Callender could have gotten to. He didn't, unfortunately. And I felt like going into the half 1-1 instead of up 1-0 really changed things. And I know that post game, Neville came out and said that Iguain couldn't walk after he got hit with the studs in his calf. And he was – I honestly believe – that he was just upset at the refs, and he was just one making a point like, look at you called that red on Pozuelo, yeah. but look at what you missed with Iguain. The man couldn't even walk anymore. I really don't yeah. think that that was the case. I, I mean, might have been maybe. exaggerated. Maybe yeah, exaggerated. I mean, he said that he's Iguain's yeah, doubtful. I mean, it's, it's, I, so, I it's soccer. After that goal, I, at least I remember. I'd have to go back and watch. I think Iguain finished this, the first half like he kept playing. He said that he couldn't even walk. Maybe, but I think that that was him just talking out of frustration. I'm hoping that Ewan does play on Wednesday. Um, but after that, after the one-one half, you, you you saw the way the second half started. The second half started, and that second goal was inevitable because we couldn't get out of our own half. They, they kept coming at us and coming at us, and it was Gregory that didn't close in on a ball, and then the red. I forgot who it was. Some young kid came out. He he won the ball. Oh, yeah. right he top slammed of the it. Slammed. Yeah, and so it it was unfortunate. The defense is caught sleeping a lot. Damian Lowe got caught a couple of times. Gregory on that second goal, he could have gotten to the ball. He kind of just slept and waited for it to come to him. The Red Bulls, uh, the player came and kind of attacked the ball, won it, and scored. It, it was just it was just frustrating in many aspects. And he took way too long to bring Robert Taylor and uh, and and Bryce Duke in. Once Robert Taylor and I think he checked in with Coco. Yeah, Bryce Duke came in later, but once Robert Taylor and Coco came onto the game, we came alive a little more because we had people that could actually control the ball. They can make plays in the midfield, and I felt like that changed. And I think maybe we took too long to get to that. Well, and I think I think what ended up happening is is we were just back on our heels. It's like you said, we had no sort of offensive minded players. I mean, other than Mota trying to slam a, a half field. Uh, volley i mean mm-hmm. when i saw that play i really wish i would have recorded it he tried a volley and that, that got stolen no. by a defender yes that's what i was gonna say I, re- I know what play you're talking about exactly and he didn't yeah. get to try it but you oh saw him God. cocking his leg back because he he was cocking his leg back and he was ready to attack that ball and then the defender just came and just took it right over so what I, I exactly yeah i know exactly what play you're talking about and i and i thought the same thing i was like there goes mota going for I, the for that Half field goal again. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm looking. I'm looking at the the press conference, and one of the things that stood out to me about that press conference 
is the fact that Phil Neville essentially called out his team, said, hey, look, I don't see Higuain playing. We got Pozuelo out. You guys got to step it up. You guys want those mm -hmm. minutes? Show me you want those minutes. And so now I think this is, if there's any other perfect time to seize the moment for Bryce Duke, this is it. I mean, this oh, he's is starting. This is, he has to start, right? This is I it. mean, Pozuelo took his spot, and now Pozuelo's not playing. Bryce Duke has to start. Yeah, I imagine that Pozuelo has been coaching him ever since the game. He is on top of him. He's trying to show him whatever he can. If, Like I said, if there's any moment to seize to get that starting spot over Vasilev, over Robert Taylor, it's right now. These next yeah. two games are crucial, critical for the development of Bryce Duke in this team right, he, right, now, right now in this very moment. Well, I guess we could wrap up the Red Bulls talk with just the fact that at, late in the game, they went down to 10 men also, and I thought that we have a chance to salvage a draw. And yeah. then like a minute or so later, we gave up that third goal, and that was all she wrote. At that point, and, it was a very frustrating game overall. I, look, one thing I wanted to mention about the, the goals that were scored on the team. Out of the mm -hmm. three goals, the first and the last goal are goals that I felt could have been either saved or defended better. The second goal that you mentioned, to me, that goal is something that it just happened. It's you yeah, know. but 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 Gregory slept on that. If you watch the replay, oh I, yeah, I he have slept. He kind of just saw the ball come and he just waited for it to get to him. When he's in his own box, you gotta you gotta attack that. You gotta clear that ball, get possession, touch it out of the box, something. And he was just waiting for it to get to him, and he just got caught sleeping. And and uh, and we actually had five saves. Drake Callender had five saves uh, against their four saves, uh, and the saves that I saw him make, they were they were pretty big saves. I mean, aside, I mean, we got our asses kicked anyway, three to one. But you know, they were they were pretty big saves. No, and that third goal at first, I thought it was offside, but McVeigh was was kind of uh, he was back. Yeah, yeah, he was caught he was sleeping back. also, and he and he yeah. he wasn't holding the line, and and he helped them stay on on uh, onside. Now, um, well, before we get into the next topic, I got a question mm -hmm. for you. Okay, I got a question for you. What do you think about our awesome defender? playing a forward in the last game i'm not the neville address that, that was really really weird damian low just up in the front like <laughs> hey he was playing i'm out here scoring goals baby but you know what it, it, it's crazy the skill levels that these offensive players have because yeah. he was in perfect position and i'll give him that because part of being a striker is putting yourself in those positions to receive those balls yeah. And he received that ball. What was it? Was it from Bryce Duke? Somebody yeah, let him so. somebody let him perfectly. But once he was one on one with the goalie, you could see him hesitate. And he's like, What do I do now? Because he just it was just and I'm not sure. Like I, I, I was it a chip? Did he try a chip? I'm not sure what he tried, but no, it looked, just, he just kicked it away. It was it was rough, man. I don't know what he was doing up there. I wish he would have tried the chip, but it looked like he just tried to belt it a little bit past the goalie. I mean, at that point, you're too close. You know, you're going to try to belt it. I don't see that going in at all. Um, no, the, the goalie cut off his angle. Yeah, it's it was it was tough to watch. And you know what's funny is that Damian Lowe, I, when I watch him play, he's a pretty good dribbler for a defender. 
So I can kind of see why they decided to throw him up there. I imagine that they did it to just have some again. But again, I don't know if even if that was even by design. No, it was randomly... it wasn't even mentioned. Well, did, he, did he just did he just make that run? Like he's like, you know what? I have an opportunity here uh, to make this run. Let me go make the run and see if I re... like. I have no idea how he ended up there, and I'm surprised Neville didn't get asked about that. But it was it was interesting. That's for sure. It was interesting. Um, yeah. All right. So we, we we gotta we gotta at least start a hashtag like Damian Low my number nine or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, we'll get into the number nine talk in a second. So yeah, let, let's get into the standings. All right. So we managed to stay in sixth place because of some luck that we got. Right. Cincinnati and Columbus yeah, yeah. drew. New England lost. Unfortunately, Orlando won, but they're already ahead of us. But now they're ahead of us a little further. And then, as you can see, we are now eight points behind the Red Bulls. Uh, which makes it very difficult. I, I can't imagine. I mean, I know the Red Bulls have a tough schedule coming up. I think they play Philly. They play NYCFC. Um, yeah. They play Montreal. So they got some difficult games coming up. But, man, it's going to be so hard to, to, to even dream of a fourth seed anymore that I just want to make the playoffs at this point. Well, and we have a big, big-time game coming up. Well, just this Wednesday, I mean, we got the big time game against Columbus Crew. Um, you got uh, the Red Bulls playing uh, against Montreal. Uh, that's a huge game for them. Uh, you got yeah. New England; they're playing Chicago this week, this Wednesday. Uh, that's going to be a, a a game to watch. Uh, you have Orlando at they're playing. Uh, Seattle's actually playing at Orlando, I believe. Um, which is nuts. I wonder how that game's going to go. We definitely need them to lose big time. And then aside from that, you got uh, the, we need everybody mm, to lose. Yeah, NYCFC is playing against DC. Um, so I, I mean, obviously, we'd like DC to win, but we're, we're nowhere near New York City FC. Um, uh, aside from those games, the, everything else you know is happening I mean, on Saturday. But those are the big games for Wednesday. I mean, at this point, I think our focus needs to be on Orlando, Columbus, Cincinnati, and I, I guess New England. Toronto and Atlanta, I guess, can make a late run also. Yeah. I mean, damn, but Jesus, even Charlotte's at 32. We are nowhere near in the clear for a playoff spot at this point. No, we're we not. Have, no, we're not. And, and the importance of Wednesday's game is, is more than just the fact that – Paramount. We have, the thing is, Columbus and, and – and Miami, they both have 36 points. So that makes this game important to begin with. But what makes it even more important is the fact that we both have 36 points, but they've played one less game than we have. Yes. So that means they technically have the advantage. We need to beat them in order to gain that advantage back. Because then at that point, if they win, we'd still be have, have the same amount of points and all that other stuff. So this is a crucial, crucial game. Now, before we get into all the talk, I did want to cover one quick thing about the Red Bulls. So we've had a nice little run, right? We had, what was it, like a five-game unbeaten streak or whatnot? And I think I talked to you about this a couple weeks ago. Last year, we had something similar. Last year, I'm going to bring this up right here. Last year, you'll see that nice middle part right there. <laughs> it starts on July 25th. Yeah, yeah. The, the year started off rough, but look at July 25th. From July 25th to September 14th, 11 games. We had an 11-game stretch where we only lost one game. 
We won seven, drew three, lost one. Oh, we were f- on fire. We ended up in like the we were like dead last in the East, and we ended up somehow going all the way up to like the fourth or fifth seed. And then here come the Red Bulls. <laughs> they beat us four zero, and we went on to lose six games in a row. Oh, that's rough. That is rough. That's My rough. fear is that this Red Bulls game might cause a domino effect like that also. Is so that me being very pessimistic? A hundred percent. But, man, if we lose this game against Columbus, I'm going to start feeling really bad about about what we got coming because we have a lot of road games ahead. And and the I look at the schedule for Inter-Miami, and, I, I mean, not just not to go too far ahead of myself, but, you know, we got Columbus crew twice. We got D.C. United. Uh, we got uh, Cupcakes. Uh, I mean, I wish we had Cupcake City with Cincinnati. I hate that None. goalie. Um, Bono? No, is that Bono? That's his name Bono. is Roman Celentano. I yeah. really do not like that guy. I Bono's really wild. don't. That guy is brutal, <laughs> man. That guy scares me in my nightmares. Um, we got a lot of games where we can definitely capitalize. I don't know what the win-loss ratio was for the teams that we played last year after the Rebels, um, but it seems to me that we got a lot of games where we can definitely capitalize from on our on our on our upcoming schedule for sure. I mean, and and a lot of the teams that we have to compete against in the sense to get that spot, we you play. know, New England, New England, Toronto, um, Toronto, we Columbus, beat, um, Columbus, yeah, we I'm, got them twice. Yeah, Look, if yeah. we if we want to make sure that. If by any means, if we don't miss make the playoffs, it's not because Columbus makes it over us. We have to handle business against Columbus. If another team makes it over yeah. us, that's fine. But if we want to make sure that we eliminate at least Columbus from this race, we have to beat them because we play them twice. And yes. it starts tomorrow. Now, let's get into Columbus. Their last 10 games, they've only lost one game in their last 10. So Columbus is no joke. They draw a lot. Yeah, that's if really you look, bad. In their last 10 games, they've had one, two, three, four, five. They've had six draws. Six draws, three wins, and one loss in their last since July 3rd. So, I mean, they're obviously a solid team. They also have the third best defense as far as goals allowed in the league. So they're a good defensive team. They obviously don't lose much. They draw a whole bunch. And we're playing in Columbus, and we're not the best home team. We're missing Pozuelo, which is you mean the really best rough. away team? Are they the best away team? Oh no, no, that we're not the best uh, home team. Oh, yeah, we're, yeah. The, we're not the best away team for sure. Correct, yeah, correct. Yeah, we're not the best road team. Um, and and Pozuelo being out, I mean, if there is an MVP of this team, I know he's only been here for so long, but who is the MVP of Inter Miami so far this year? I personally think it's Pozuelo. You know, I I think it, I mean I have to agree with you. It's it's it has to be Pozuelo. I mean, you could you can make the argument to say you know Campana and 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 Iguain's absence. You can make the argument for Iguain, but then you gotta lend some credence over to Pozuelo. Um, you know, the crazy thing is is that uh, Campana hasn't had the luxury of playing too much with Pozuelo. Uh, which which sucks because it's it something that you really wish to see. You want to see your future, 
play with what you currently have considering your future you know uh, but at this point we got to take what we can get um hopefully Gonzalo Higuain can play and hopefully he's not like you know getting mad at anybody or anything like that in the next game <laughs> well, let's say hypothetically let's say Neville wasn't uh exaggerating or talking straight out of frustration and anger about that that foul that they didn't call Higuain let's say he let's say he doesn't play who would you want to see playing up top as the nine? Don't oh, say Damian I, Lowe. You, you know what Damian I Damian Lowe. <laughs> Damian Lowe. I don't want to see nine. Damian Lowe up there. No, I don't want to see him up there again. Um, you know who I would love to see is Emerson. Oh. I'd love to see Emerson. Let's go, Emerson. Emerson. Let's get no. these goals, baby. Let's get a hat trick. Let's get a hat trick. Come on, Parse. I, I, I do think that Coco is going to be the, the starting nine. If Iguain oh, is not doesn't play, man. Coco said he his his favorite position to play is the nine position. I mean, okay? I guess who doesn't want to play it, nine? No, but not everybody's good at it. He feels like that's where he would best be used. So it's his chance, like you said. It's certain players have to step up. This is his chance. He can show right off the bat. Right here's your first start at nine. Campana's out. Iguain's out. I never thought that you would be starting at the nine, but here you go. Here's your opportunity. It's his chance. This is literally one of the first times that he's ever played more than three minutes. He played like eight minutes. I mean, no, I'm exaggerating. He, yeah. I'm exaggerating, but, you know, uh, this is this is literally probably the best introduction we've had for Coco. And, look, I'm not going to lie to you. When I was watching him, I said, hey, he's not, he's not bad. I mean, you know, maybe a lot of the hype was surrounding Bosuelo when it came to, you know, our off-season transactions. Um, I, look, I'd like to see him have a good run at it for the next two games, but I he also want to see... Played more, he played more than 30 minutes. Yeah, all right, whatever. I want to see Emerson <laughs> play, okay? I don't know about this Coco guy. I don't know too much about him. I don't know where he's at, where he's what he's doing. Uh, give me, Give me some Emerson, okay? Let's get some Emerson I, I, out here. If I had to guess, I would assume that he's going to go with five in the back or three or five, however you want to oh, look at well, it, that's in the back. scary, dude. He's going to go. He's going to go McVeigh, uh, McVeigh, Sailor, and Low in the back. He's going to have Robert Taylor and Yedlin playing the wings, and then he's going to have Gregory and Mota, right? It's the holding midfielders. So I feel like he's going to go with those five, and then these two defending the the, the back line. So that's what seven, eight. So we're missing those three. So we got who do we have up top? We have Coco. We have Bryce Duke. We have to play. Yeah. So we're we're missing one spot. You think Emerson gets that other? I think it's gonna be Lasseter. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I would imagine it's Lasseter. Yeah, Lasseter is always gonna get the start over Emerson, uh, yeah. and and especially in this game, he's probably gonna want to hold Emerson for the for the for the second half. I think Emerson will come in late. I think Emerson will come in late. Yeah. Again, I, I hope that Iguain's healthy because if Iguain's healthy, things are completely different. Yeah. But if he's not, then then we're looking at an uphill battle. So we're playing one of the best defensive teams. We're missing Pozuelo, our best player, Iguain, our best scorer. Uh, I mean, and we're playing on the road, short week. How are we feeling, Chris? What, what do you think? What do, what do you think the outcome here is going to be? Well, I mean, when it comes to the outcome between – you know, Miami and Columbus, it's like you said, they're not scoring many goals against Columbus. We're not a really good road team. So I think this is more the time for me to stay reserved. 
Uh, I think I'm going to go with... I know uh, that's very hard for you to do. It I is, man, because I'm about to tell you that it's five goals, all Emerson. <laughs> but um, but I'm going to go with a 2-1 victory. I, I feel comfortable okay. with a 2-1 victory. Okay. You're going 2-1 victory. Now, I love your optimism. Unfortunately, I don't feel as optimistic mm. as much as I feel like a win is almost... It's like one of those must-wins because yes. they've played one less game than we have. They're right behind us in the standings just for so many reasons. Just getting one point isn't enough, but I'd rather get that one point than no points. I really have a hard time imagining us winning this game, and I really see like a 1-1 draw. Oh, man. That's, what I, that's what I unfortunately see coming on Wednesday night. And and that I can imagine that. I can definitely see that coming. I mean, I wish I wish not because we need the points, especially on the road. We need the points. And the points that we need essentially would put us in in, in playoff contention, hopefully. Uh, or keep us in playoff contention. Well, keep us in playoff contention and, and have a more solidified position within yeah. that playoff contention. But now, talking about that, right? When it comes to, mm -hmm. to playoffs, do you feel like it's necessary for us to have a successful season? I mean... It's a question that you posed to me earlier, and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it back to you because I wasn't watching this team as intensively as I am now last year. And so I feel like the answer would be better coming from you first, since you were watching this team a little bit more than I was last season. So what do you think? Do you think that it's necessary for this to be a successful season? I personally don't. Um, I feel like, well, first of all, just judging off the first five games of the season, for those of you that don't know, this was Chris's first year as a yes. season ticket holder. Yeah. I kind I don't want to say I convinced him, but I kind of pushed him a little bit to give this whole Inter-Miami thing a chance. Obviously, he, he ended up enjoying it quite a bit to the point yes. where he's a huge fan now. Yes. But I will tell you, after the first five games of the season, where after five games, we had mustered up just one point. I felt really bad because I yeah. felt like I had brought Chris into just a horrible situation, made him spend this money on these season tickets. We're just watching them get their ass kicked all the time. Yeah. So just based off of the first five games to the fact that we were talking just a week ago, although some people thought it was irrational, we were yes. talking about the possibility of a home playoff game. I think that alone says that this – this has been a successful was, season. was a success because they gave us enjoyable soccer where we're talking in the last month about important soccer games that matter because we still have a chance at the playoffs. Also, we have um, a lot of sanctions on us because of the whole um, Matuidi signing as a not in a DP, but they said that he should have been a DP and a yeah. bunch of stuff that happened. So we're playing with these sanctions. We had like 18 new players come to this team this year. So everybody was looking that. at it. So this is more like a rebuilding year. So for us to have a what's technically a rebuilding year and all of a sudden be in a playoff position right now, and honestly, when you look at the – there's a breakdown somewhere online that tells you the, the percentage points of or the percentages of us making the playoffs, like the chances. We're at like – if it's not above 50, it's right under 50%. Oh, wow. To me, with the sanctions, the fact that we have a completely new roster – and the fact that we didn't make the playoffs last year, the way this year started off, just we're playing with one DP. 
Yeah, one DP. I was going to mention that. Yep. We're playing with only one DP. I, I feel like the fact that we're fighting for a playoff spot makes it a success. Now, if we lose the next seven games, I might think a little differently because that means that the feels the wheels just completely fell off. But I don't see that yeah. happening. Like last so year. We, yes. Yeah, last year was a disaster. <laughs> so if we end up just, just missing the playoffs, I, I think this is still a successful year and something to build off of for, for the coming years. Well, and I'm going to answer the question to you as well because one of the things that, st- that stands out to me in just about every game from the commentary, at least every game for the last maybe 10, 12 games, is that everybody speaks about this team saying if this was last year, they would have lost the game. If this was mm-hmm. last year, they would have never won. If this was last mm-hmm. year, the game would have been lost by halftime. Mm-hmm. And every time I hear that, that rings positive in my mind. And it basically yeah. shows this team is a completely different team than what we had last year. So I mean, literally, just, literally, we have 18 new players. And so just that alone, not only have you seen sort of a culture shift in terms of how the team has been behaving, how they've been performing. And I remember in the beginning of the season and at the end of last season when I came to a game with you, everybody was just talking really, really bad stuff about Phil Neville and bad stuff about Iguain. And everybody's saying, we got to get Phil Neville out of here. He sucks as a coach. And watching him during this season, listen, I don't see him as a bad coach. I mean, look, Iguain, is he washed? Like, He's not washed. Is he is he not in his prime? Yeah, he's not in his prime. He's here. He's playing in the MLS. But he need he needed somebody to feed him the ball. Yeah. And then now, you know, I'm looking at Phil Neville. And look, every coach uh makes their mistakes. No, no coach is ever gonna be hundred percent perfect or correct. Cause if that's the case, then we'd be undefeated. And no mm-hmm. team at this moment is undefeated. Um, but I see Phil Neville, he's coaching the heck out of this team. I see Iguain taking advantage of, of the opportunity that's given to him, especially with the scare of Campana taking his spot and now with the person that's feeding him the rock. So mm-hmm. we got ourselves a, a, a pretty positive season in comparison to what I feel like maybe wasn't that much of a positive season last year. I, I 100% agree. And I know it's still early to be talking about the way this the season will be looked at at the end of the season just yeah. because with seven games left, I mean, things can go downhill or even uphill. If we win seven yeah. games in a row, which is unlikely, but if we win seven games in a row, we might end up with a three or fourth seed. Yeah, Probably not going to happen because we're a bad road team and it's yeah. just in the MLS, nobody goes on those kinds of crazy streaks. But it's still too early. But I would say that it is possible for this season to be a success without reaching the playoffs. Well, uh, we got four games left on the road out of the next seven. Mm-hmm. So out of those four games in total, we need to have at least two wins and a tie or, you know, a win and two ties. You know, we 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 need some points out of these four road games. You know, the home games, it's it's like what we talked about in the last podcast. There's a secret sauce here in, in Drive Pink Stadium. Um, but when it comes to playing on the road, we really need to steal a couple wins if not a win and a couple ties, just to stay competitive in the race. Well, let's see. What are the four rules? Let's, let's go over the schedule then real quickly. We'll, so we'll wrap we up got, this episode with the schedule. So we already went over Columbus Crew. We um, we got Chicago Fire 
uh, who we play on the 10th, and that is another uh-huh. road game. Uh, but we're going to have 11 days to rest. Uh, you know, that's a game that I, I feel we're going to win. Um, you know, we got Columbus crew at home. Uh, that'll be three days later. I'm and telling then, you, I, whenever we have a home game, I feel like that's a win. So let's yeah. say that that's a win. Okay, so we have – so well, you predicted a win tomorrow night. So you, you're going to predict seven. We're going to win seven in a row. Isn't that what you would predict? No, I feel like we're going to lose against Toronto. And I okay. feel like we I feel like we might lose against Orlando. No, Don't I feel like we dare. might tie. Don't no, you no, dare. No, no, you, Don't you, know you dare. What? You know what? Don't no, ever I say meant, that again. I'm sorry. I meant Montreal. I meant Montreal. <laughs> Uh, Orlando, I feel like we're gonna beat them for sure because we, we need to beat their ass. We're gonna yeah. beat their ass. Um, but DC United, I feel like we're gonna stomp on them, even if we're playing away. Uh, Toronto, we're playing, we're playing away as well. That's kind of scary. I feel like we could take a loss there. Inter Miami, we're gonna be playing. Um, we're gonna be playing against Orlando at home. That's a weekday that they changed. Um, I, I feel like we could win that. And then the Montreal game, which is the last game of the season. You know Montreal. I mean, what, what are they? They're in first place, no, or second place? They're in second place second. under Philly. Yeah, uh, second place. Yeah, and they and they scored. They've scored forty nine goals so far this season. Um, they've actually allowed forty one. It's pretty pretty high uh, well, in comparison look, to the rest of the teams. With the seven games left, we three of those are at home, and again. Yeah. I think we're always going to win at home. That's just the way I feel. If you feel differently, that's you. But I just feel like we're going to win at every game at home. So I, I count those as three wins. The only losses I see that are a possibility on the road, I think we could win Chicago, especially with the 11-day rest before. Yeah. We're going to be nice and fresh. Yeah. I think that Columbus game tomorrow and that Toronto game September 30th are the two games that I'm fearful that we could lose. But I think, we'll, I think we'll beat D.C. United. I think we could beat them. They're the worst team in the league by far. Yes, yeah. And then sure. Ch- Ch- the Chicago Fire, I also think we could beat them. So I feel like we should, out of the last seven games, we should have five wins. Now, At least 4-1 four, one, four, one and 2. 4-1 oh, and 2. Does that get us into the playoffs? Well, four wins would give us, what, 12 more points? 12 points plus the one 48. tie. If history serves correctly, if you have more than 45, 46 points, you should be in the playoffs, more or less. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in the history, right, like that's more or less what it tells us. If you're in the high 40s, you're probably making the playoffs as one of the lower seeds or, or mid seed. So if we can do what we just said and go 4-1-2, and two, like you said, we should make the playoffs. Well, it's a scary sight to see the standings because we got Cincy, they got one point. They're one point behind us. We got New England two points behind us. We got Toronto, uh, Toronto and Atlanta three points behind us. I mean, you even got what? What is this? You even got Charlotte with you know four points behind us. You know, so there's a lot of teams that are kind of waiting for our downfall as well. So, I mean, only yeah, time but, will tell. Only time but will the tell. But the good, the good thing is that the teams that are behind us. Uh, we're playing most of them. If we beat Columbus twice, which I'm not saying is going to happen, but we control that. If we beat them, yes. we're putting distance between us and them. Chicago, if we beat them, we're putting distance between us and them. Yes. Toronto, same thing. Orlando, we have a chance to catch up to them if we were to beat yeah. them. Mm-hmm. So we control our own destiny in a, in a way. So I feel I feel good. I think we can make the playoffs. Uh, obviously, Boswell's boots kind of stepped over those those uh conf- the confidence that i had but i still think yeah. that there's hope 
Yeah, there's definitely hope. I'm definitely look forward, looking forward to the game on Wednesday, and I can't wait to watch it. It's it's highly anticipated, especially with Pozuelo out and with the possibility of Iguain out. This is going to be an interesting game to watch. That's for sure. It, it's it's a in my opinion, I, I I don't I don't like when people say must win, especially when there's so much left in the season. But I I honestly feel like this is a must win. I don't think we're gonna win on. I told you I, I think we're gonna draw. But it's a must win, and I, it is I hope that win. they pr- I hope they prove us wrong or prove me wrong, and and they pull it out somehow. You said two one, so hopefully you're right. Yeah, I really you got anything so. else, Chris? No, no, we're good to go, man. Just off on to Wednesday, and let's uh, let's watch this game, butter. All right, man. So with that, we will leave you and we'll catch you guys later this week with another episode after the Columbus game.